You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. I wonder if Lot was praying. Somebody was praying. And their prayers reached the Lord. And now he's going down personally. Verse 22, the men turned away and went towards Sodom. But Abraham remained standing before the Lord. Then Abraham approached him and said, Will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if there are 50 righteous people in the city? Have you ever begged God for something? Maybe it was the life of a loved one or for the saving of your marriage. Whatever the case may be, God loves you so immensely and He hears the prayers of those who He loves. In today's message, Pastor Danny will remind you that God acts on our prayers. When we pray to the Lord asking Him for something, not only does He hear it, but He does something about it. God always answers prayer, just not always in the way that we would have liked Him to. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Genesis, chapter 18, as he begins his message, Sodom and Gomorrah. Chapter 18, Genesis, the Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. And when he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and he bowed low to the ground. He knows right away these are not just three ordinary men. I don't know how he knew that, but he knew it. He said, if I've found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought. Then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat so that you can be refreshed and then go on your way. Now that you've come to your servant. Very well, they answered. Do as you say. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said, get three seahs of fine flour and knead it and bake some bread. Then he ran to the herd, selected a choice tender calf, gave it to a servant who hurried to prepare it. He then brought some curds and milk and the calf that had been prepared, and he set these before them. While they ate, that's very interesting to me. I'm not going to try to explain it. While they ate, he stood near them under a tree. Why is that Interesting and mysterious. Well, we'll keep reading. I think you'll pick up on it. Where's your wife, Sarah? They asked him there in the tent. He said, then the Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife will have a son. Now I referred to this text last week, but I don't think we actually read it. So now 
Abraham and Sarah have been waiting for years and years, and we, we looked at it in more detail, and how they made mistakes along the way of waiting for this seed that would be conceived in Sarah's womb. A miraculous thing would happen because Sarah would be too old and Abraham too old to have children. And of course, the seed, Isaac, would be a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. And now it's a year away. And God comes and he says, I'll surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, will have a son. So one of these three men is the Lord. That's fascinating because the term in the Hebrew is Yehovah. So this is God appearing to Abraham in human form. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Verse 11, Abraham and Sarah were already old and well advanced in years. And Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I'm worn out and my servant, my master is old, uh, will I now have this pleasure? And then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I'm old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? There's the question. I'll return to you at the appointed time next year and Sarah will have a son. And Sarah was afraid, just like you would be. So she lied and said, I did not laugh. That's foolish, foolish, foolish. And I love the way this section just ends, but he said, yes, you did laugh. God knows. Yes, you did laugh. And now verse 16, when the man got up to leave, they looked down toward Sodom and Abraham walked along with them to see them on their way. And then the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation and all nations on earth will be blessed through him for I've chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he's promised him. And then the Lord said, the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sin so grievous that I'll go down and see if what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will know. There's another mysterious verse. I'm not going to try to explain it. God knows everything, and yet he appears here in human form, and now he's going down to check out Sodom and Gomorrah. Just a quick question. Where was the outcry coming from that came to the Lord? doesn't say. Somebody was praying. Somebody was praying. It doesn't tell us who, but I, I just throw this out and then we'll move on. The New Testament tells us in 2 Peter chapter 2, Lot, of course, living in Sodom. We looked at that last week and we'll look at it more tonight. Uh, and 2 Peter tells us, inspired by the Holy Spirit, that Lot was a righteous man. He is in heaven. I believe he's a compromising righteous man in his day. But it says that his, his soul was vexed. That's one translation. He was troubled by all the sin of Sodom. And it's the city now he lives in. I wonder if Lot was praying. Somebody was praying. And their prayers reached the Lord. And now he's going down personally. Verse 22, the men turned away and went towards Sodom. But Abraham remained standing before the Lord. Then Abraham approached him and said, will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? 
What if there are 50 righteous people in the city? Will you really sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the 50 righteous people in it? Let's stop there for just a minute. God's obviously let Abraham know what's about to happen. Abraham must know that his nephew Lot uh, went back to Sodom after being rescued. Remember, rescued, taken captive because he was living in Sodom, but he went back to Sodom. And Abraham knows it. And Abraham's thinking, well, surely his life, his influence there, surely, surely 50 people. His family, the woman he's married, his children, maybe his, his children-in-law. Surely his life has made a difference. And so Abraham starts with thinking, well, there's got to be 50 righteous people there because Lot's there. And then he thinks more. Will you really sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the 50 righteous people in it? Verse 25, very important verse. Far be it from you to do such a thing, to kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and the wicked alike. Far be it from you. Will not the judge of all the earth do right? We know the answer to that question. I think Abraham knows the answer to that question. Of course, the judge of all the earth only can do right. He can do no wrong. And even in judgment, his judgment is righteous. His judgment is holy. Will not the judge of all the earth do right? Well, of course he will. And then Abraham says, after the Lord said, if I find 50 righteous people in the city of Sodom, I'll spare the whole place for their sake. And now Abraham starts to doubt. You know, Lot, maybe he has an influence 50 people. And so he subtracts 10. And Abraham spoke up again, verse 27, Now that I've been so bold as to speak to the Lord, though I'm nothing but dust and ashes, what if the number of the righteous is less than 50? Will you destroy the whole city because of five people? I, he subtracts five. If, if I find 45 there, he said, I will not destroy it. And, and you can't help but find some humor now at this point. I, at least I do. Uh, because once again, he spoke to him and he said, what if only 40 are there? What if only 40 righteous? And he said, okay, for the sake of 40, deal. I will not do it. And then he said, may the Lord not be angry, but let me speak. What if only 30 can be found there? How about 30, Lord? And he answered, I will not do it if I find 30 there. And Abraham said, now that I've been so bold as to speak to the Lord, what if only 20 can be found there? And he said, for the sake of 20, I will not destroy it. And here... <laughs> you have to chuckle. And then he said, may the Lord not be angry, but let me speak just once more. What if only 10 can be found there? How about 10, Lord? Would you accept that? How about 10? How about 10? And he answered, for the sake of 10, I will not destroy it. Well, let me just throw out one practical lesson already here. The influence of one righteous person in a community can stay the hand of God. It's amazing. When the Lord had finished speaking with Abraham, he left, and Abraham returned home. Chapter 19, the two angels arrived at Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gateway of the city. And that tells us that Lot now has not only become a citizen of Sodom, He's become a leader in Sodom because it was the elders that sat at the gateway. So he's an elder now. 
He's a leader. He has politically prospered. And when he saw them, he got up to meet them, and he bowed down with his face to the ground. My lords, he said, please turn aside to your servant's house. You can wash your feet and spend the night and then go on your way early in the morning. And notice they answered, no, nah, we'll spend the night in the square. Pretty bad when, and we know these are angels. You're, you're going to learn that. These are angels, and pretty bad when an angel won't accept your invitation. But he insisted so strongly that they did go with him and entered his house. He prepared a meal for them, breaking bread without yeast, and they ate. Before they had gone to bed, all the men, catch this, from every part of the city of Sodom, both young and old, surrounded the house. They called to Lot, where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us so that we can have, and the NIV 1984 just calls it right out so that we can have sex with them. Incredible. Just a reminder, homosexuality was not the core sin of Sodom. And uh, Ezekiel chapter 16, 49 confirms that. Let me read it for us. Now, this was the sin of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters were arrogant, overfed, and unconcerned. They were full of themselves, basically. They did not help the poor and needy so homosexuality was a byproduct of the culture. Are you with me? It wasn't a core sin. It was a byproduct of the culture. Listen up, America. Verse 6, I, I, I'd like to skip this part, but I can't skip this part. Lot went outside to meet them, and he shut the door behind him, and he said, No, my friends, don't do this wicked thing. Look, I have two daughters who have never slept with a man. Let me bring them out to you, and you can do what you like with them. But don't do anything to these men, for they have come under the protection of my roof. For the life of me, I cannot understand how anyone can make such an offer. I can't understand it. I understand the culture of the day, according to biblical scholars, was that you're responsible for those guests in your house. But this is going too far. I mean, come on. My wife asked me on the way, what's your text tonight? I said, Sodom and Gomorrah. Oh, great. <laughs> And she knew this was part of the story. And she said, can you imagine offering Audra? And I said, that's a crazy question. Of course not. What if I had two daughters? You know, it, it, again, New Testament tells us, Second Peter says Lot was a righteous man. He was vexed in his spirit at what was going on there. But for the life of me, come on, Lot, give me a break. Well, thank God the grace of God helps him out. Get out of our way, they replied, and they said, this fellow came here as an alien. Now he wants to play the judge. That's the response to even a compromising believer when you take a stand of any kind against the wickedness. And these guys say, we'll treat you worse than them. And they kept bringing pressure on Lot and moved forward to break down the door. But here comes grace. But the men inside reached out and pulled Lot back into the house and shut the door. That's saved by grace, buddy. And then they struck the men who were at the door of the house, young and old, with blindness, so they could not find the door. Thank you, God. Amen. Thank you, God, for caring, these two, for caring for these two young daughters. The two men said to Lot, do you have anyone else here, sons-in-law, sons or daughters, or anyone else in the city who belongs to you? Get them out of here because we're going to destroy this place. The outcry of the Lord against his people is so great that he sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out 
And he spoke to his sons-in-law who were pledged to be married to his daughters. He said, hurry and get out of this place because the Lord's about to destroy the city. But his sons-in-law thought he was joking. There's the kind of influence he's had on them. And again, I don't know. It doesn't tell us, but I wonder, did he ever share the Lord with them? Did he ever share his faith with them? Did he ever share the flood of Noah's day? I don't know. But they thought he was joking when he comes and he says, you get out of here. Judgment is about to fall. Run for your life. And they thought he was joking. With the coming of dawn, the angel urged Lot, saying, Hurry, take your wife, your two daughters who are here, or you'll be swept away when the city is punished. And notice the opening of verse 16. When he hesitated. When he hesitated. <laughs> hesitated. Lot. Lot himself was hesitant to leave Sodom. The men grasped his hand, the hands of his wife and his two daughters, and led them safely out of the city. They just grabbed them. For the Lord was merciful to them. And as soon as they had brought them out, one of them said, flee for your lives. Don't look back. That's very important. That's very important. Don't look back and don't stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to the mountains or you will be swept away. Don't look back. But Lot said to them, no, my lords, please, your servant has found favor in your eyes and you've shown great kindness to me and spared my life, but I can't flee to the mountains. This disaster will overtake me and I'll die. And I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm not trying to offend anybody. But you can't help but read that and think, why in the world would he say that? Why would he say I can't flee to the mountains? Let me read Ezekiel 16 again. This was the sin of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters were arrogant, overfed and unconcerned. I think the dude's out of shape. I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad. He's been living in Sodom. He's not the man he was before. And he says, I can't flee to the mountains. Look, here's a town near enough to run to. Here's somewhere closer. Let me go there. It's small. Let me flee to it. It's very small, isn't it? Then my life will be spared. And he said to him, very well, I will grant this request too. Man, this is grace here. I'm telling you what, this is grace. I'll not overthrow the town you speak of, but flee there quickly because I can't do anything until you reach it. That's why the town was called Zor. It means small. You notice that statement? I cannot do anything until you reach it. That's what I meant earlier when I said, hey, a righteous person living in an unrighteous community can be used to stay the hand of God. God's not going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah as long as Lot is there. He's not going to pour out his wrath on them because Lot's there. Even though he's a compromising believer, he's righteous by faith. He's a child of God. And God will not pour out his wrath on his children. Never happened. That's why Jesus died. Verse 23, by the time Lot reached Zor, the sun had risen over the land. And then notice this verse. Then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. This is not from hell. You get this? This is not judgment from hell. This is from heaven, from the Lord out of the heavens. Thus he overthrew those cities and the entire plain, including all those living in the cities. 
the judgment fell on people from the Lord out of the heavens. Also the vegetation, and then verse 26. But Lot's wife looked back, and she became a pillar of salt. Why did she look back? Because that's where her heart was. New Testament, John says it this way, 1 John chapter 2, beginning in verse 15. Don't love the world or anything in the world. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. And the world and all of its desires pass away. Any man who loves the world, anyone who loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. She looked back because her heart was in Sodom. Her heart was in the world. I mentioned last week, and we're not told, it's speculation, but even though it's speculation, it's, it's, it's I think, probable. It's definitely possible, definitely possible. So it's speculation, but it's possible, maybe even probable, that Lot met his wife in Sodom. That is what lured him, to, lured him to Sodom. That's what caused him to leave the tent life and become a compromising believer and become a citizen of Sodom and, and even a leader in Sodom. Politically, he, he rose to an elder at the gate. Lot's wife does not seem to have experienced the faith of her husband or her husband's uncle, Abraham. She looked back and God judged her because that's where her heart was. The angels had specifically said, don't look back. Jesus took the opportunity, if I could just take a moment and turn to Luke chapter 17. Jesus took the opportunity um, to highlight this in his warning of what it's going to be like when God judges the whole world, not just places like Sodom and Gomorrah. He says in Luke chapter 17, verse 26, just as it was in the days of Noah, so also will it be in the days of the Son of Man. People were eating, drinking, marrying, and being given in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark, and then the flood came and destroyed them all. It was the same in the days of Lot. People were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. But the day Lot left Sodom, and Sodom fire and sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. It'll be just like this on the day the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, no one who is on the roof of his house with his goods inside should go down to get them. Likewise, no one in the field should go back to get anything. Uh, remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. There's nothing here worth looking back for. And if you've really entered into the faith of Abraham and the faith of Lot, your heart's no longer in this world. Lot's wife didn't know about in her heart that city with foundations whose builder and maker is God. And she looked back, and she was judged. Back to the story, chapter 19, just a few more verses, verse 27. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and returned to the place where he had stood before the Lord. He looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah, toward all the land of the plain, and he saw dense smoke rising from the land like smoke from a furnace. So when God destroyed the cities of the plain, he remembered Abraham. That's interesting. And Abraham prayed for Lot. He remembered Abraham. And he brought Lot out of the catastrophe that overthrew the cities where Lot had lived. And then we have this last section that is also another section I really don't care to read. And so I won't. 
There's more to discover from Pastor Danny's series in the book of Genesis, so be sure to tune in again next time to The Living Word. This book of the Bible is where it all began, the record of the first human beings to ever walk the earth. It's stories of hope, of promise, of heartache and betrayal, all surrounded by the love of God for His creation. He could have given up on the human race long ago, but He didn't. God knew that we'd fall. He knew that our sin would separate us from Him. And that's why from the very beginning, from that first betrayal, God revealed a plan for salvation. That plan included His Son, Jesus Christ, who would come to the earth to die in our place. Now you have the opportunity to be free from your sin. Are you ready to give your life to Jesus? We want to talk with you, so please get in touch with us. You can email us at info at ccfstpete.church. That's info at ccfstpete.church. We want to invite you to join us for church as well. Visit ccfstpete.church to get service times and directions. Not all of our on-campus activities are being held right now, so be sure to read through the latest updates at our website. Again, that website is ccfstpete.church. We're excited to meet you. That's all we have for today. Thanks for joining us to study through the book of Genesis, right here on The Living Word.